one thing that I felt with all of these tests, with all of these, you know, interview questions, with the lack of any one-on-one human interaction, is that it really has removed the human element out of human resources. I'm like, it was just all an algorithm, you know, and, and it's it's hard. It makes a job search challenging. So, um, networking is everything. Looking for a new job is time-consuming. From the applications to the different tests employers make you take, it can be hours of work, and that can be draining, which can lead to burnout before you've even started a new job. So the question then becomes, are you using your time wisely? Hi, this is Diana O'Leary with Job Talk Weekly. Today, we talk with Molly in Los Angeles, who found a job after completing 35 employment tests for different openings. We hear how Molly refined her search along the way and kept her sanity. Let's jump in. Hey, Molly, welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Hi, Diana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, you've got great news this summer because you successfully landed a new job. So we're excited about that. But the one thing that I wanted to talk to you about were all these pre-employment tests that you had to take. Tell us how many tests you took this year. Well, I took 35 tests during my job search this past winter. So quite a few. (laughs) That is a lot. Now tell us about the range of tests. What types? Well, of the 35, I I took 17 personality tests, okay. and then I believe I took eight skills tests, and then eight kind of essay questionnaires, and then two sort of analytical tests. So I kind of, the tests ran the gamut. I took yeah. a lot. Yeah, and definitely, we've seen an increase in companies relying on these types of tests before they make decisions. But I'm curious how they came to you. Like, at, at what point in the process did these happen? Was it the very first thing they had you do, or was it after you had been screened once or twice? Uh, you know, all of them were online. Well, I shouldn't say all of them, but I would say 85% of them were online. And they were right after I submitted my application. So I would submit an application, I would submit a cover letter if they required it. And then usually within 24 to 48 hours, I would get an email. (laughs) I admittedly, I'd get a little excited because I thought, oh, they want to speak to me. But usually it was just a test. And that's what I ended up doing. So take that test. Yeah. So clearly it was a very automated process for them. So did they ever, even in the emails though, did they ever explain the rationale for their test, why they were having you take this test? Yes, some of them did. They said, you know, some of the personality assessments were to make sure that I would fit in with the culture at the organization. So they were clear on that. Others wanted to make sure that I could do, I think, some of the skills required for it. So I understood that. And then some of them didn't explain it all. So I just, you know, took the test and submitted it. So... I don't know what they wanted, but I did the test regardless. Yeah, and that's so time-consuming. And I will say we are lining up an HR expert to talk about testing from the company perspective because so many large corporations are relying on these tests. They're clearly not going away. And one stat I saw suggested that about 80% of Fortune 500 companies are relying on some type of test. So we're going to get with an expert in a couple of weeks for that. But from the candidate's perspective, tell us about the content of the test. And, you know, did you really sense what they were looking for? Was it strange? Did you get feedback? What was it like? 
Um, well, this is really the first extensive job search that I have gone through in my career. So at first I was a little taken aback because I just had never had to take these types of tests before. But then once I kind of got in the groove, I sort of knew what to expect. So the personality ones were standard like personality tests, which I'm sure everyone has taken at some point in, yeah. in their life, whether in a college psychology class or, you know, at some point in career training. Some of the other tests, though, I really was taken aback. Um, there was one that was from a very large company, and um, they sent me the link, and they said, you know, dear Molly, this test will take probably 90 minutes, and then we will give you the results back. And But I was interested in the job, so I took the test, and it covered everything from, you know, your leadership skills to your confidence level to math, which took me yeah. through a loop for a little loop. I'm like, math, why do I need to do this? But I did the test anyway, and I did get results back from them, um, but I never heard back after taking the test. So I assume they must not have thought I was the right fit. So um, that's really kind of, I mean, there's so many different tests, but that one really stood out to me. Yeah. And you and I have emailed back and forth about mm -hmm. some of these and I've seen them. And they're so frustrating because one of the tests that you're talking about made you select a picture and they give you two pictures and both are equally appealing for different reasons. But you got to choose one. It's like, how do you make that choice not knowing exactly what they're looking for? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, but I assume, you know, this organization had their their reasoning for sending these types of tests. And I guess that's all about the culture because oddly enough, I happened to call a girlfriend to let her know that I was applying at this company as was she at the same time. And she said she took that same test and had the same response that I did. Like, why am I taking this 90 minute test for this company? Um, and Oddly enough, neither one of us, us got the job there. So <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> I know. So. And it's so time consuming. And I, yes. I do think it is something that has gone up in volume over the last few years. You know, like five years ago, I wasn't taking these tests and I wasn't, you know, we knew people were doing them, but we're definitely hearing a lot about them now. But I think part of the frustrating part is that they don't tie it in to the conversation. Like sometimes when you get declined for a job, they say, well, you know, we found some other people who had more experience, but no one comes to you and says, well, you didn't score with enough leadership skills, or you didn't score with the right personality or the right Myers-Briggs, so you really don't know where the breakdown was. No, you really don't. And one of the organizations, which you and I had discussed, did do a great job communicating that there would be a assessment type of test within the interview process. And I really appreciated their clear and open communication about that, because we had, I had an initial interview, then I had another interview, and then I met with a higher up. And then the test came on, you know, came to me and it was a essay questionnaire. And the questions that they asked on this questionnaire and, and the essay answers very much related to the job that I was applying for. So, and I appreciated that because it was almost like, you know, we want to make sure that you can do these things before we take you to, you know, the, the final stages of the interview process. So yeah. that was a good one. And I get that. But a lot of the other ones I did not. So tell us, how many months were you out there looking for a job? Well, I was uh, job eliminated at the end of January and I started work at the end of June. So start to finish was five full months. Yeah, and I know that five months sounds like a lot, but I got to tell you, we usually tell people that 
three months is at least the minimum to find mm-hmm. a job. How many jobs did you end up applying to? I applied to, I think, 87 job postings, and they all were primarily from either Indeed or there's there's an email newsletter called Dan's List, which yeah. is if you're looking for nonprofits, yeah. LinkedIn, or maybe through a friend, you know, like who someone knew someone that might be looking. So, you know, they referred me to a job. Yeah. Yeah. And did you focus your search along the way? How did your search evolve from February to June? Um, that's a great question. And it definitely evolved. I, you know, when it first happened, Diana, I was like, I'm going to apply to everything, yeah. you know, just like throwing spaghetti at yeah. wall because I am unemployed. But I realized that that was not a wise way of doing the job search. And so I, I think I mentioned that, you know, I worked with a career coach and what we did was we honed in exactly the type of job I was looking for because this job process takes so long and there are all these tests and requirements. You really want to focus on the jobs that, you know, you want in your gut. So that was one of the ways that I definitely honed it. And then the other thing that I did, I really... Um, would reach out on LinkedIn to certain people that were working in those jobs and asked if I could talk to them as an informational interviewer. Would they, you know, have a quick Zoom with me? So that those were two ways that my job process evolved. Well, I think the focus is so effective. And actually, we did an episode about this a couple of months ago titled When Less is More, because mm-hmm. it is that same thinking like you think, OK, if I apply to 100 jobs, one of them has got to work out. And you know, sometimes I compare it to like a casino. Like if you hit the slots enough, you know, sometimes yeah. something's got to stick. But <laughs> it's not that way because it also could be so discouraging to keep applying. So I yes. think the focus not only helped your morale, but it also made you probably uh, more well-versed in that industry because then you just kept focused on one particular industry, one type of job, you know, your vocabulary improved, your knowledge base improved, and you were sort of focused in that niche. You were swimming in it more. Exactly. And that focus made, you nailed it when you said about your your language became more focused. And that's so critical when you're job searching because you want to know how to articulate the types of questions that they're going to answer or that you're, they're going to ask. And you want your answers to be so smooth. It's like they just see you coming and being a part of their company, you know, because you know how to answer those questions intelligently. Yeah. And that's why it takes time. That's why after about two or three months, that's when people really hit their groove. And it sounds like that's that's similar to what happened for you. But still, five months is a long time. So I think not only is it frustrating, but it's so repetitive, you know. So for you, how did you keep it fresh? You know, how did you sort of make it a little more interesting every day um, throughout the whole process? Well, I, I think, one, just kind of having a positive outlook to begin with. You know, I knew it was going to take time. So once I got in said groove after two or three months, it was easier to call out the jobs that I wanted to apply for that day. Yeah. So as opposed to getting up and being like, I'm going to hit 20 job postings today, I'd be happy if I got two in, yeah. maybe three, because mm-hmm. I knew that I could really be a fit. And believe it or not, just that lifted my spirits a little bit, you know, because yeah. I wasn't wasting my time. So that was a, one of the ways I stayed upbeat is by again, honing that search. Yeah, it's it's return on investment. That's really what uh-huh. it is. Um, I, exactly. I think so. 
And then what about the tough times? Because I'm sure, you know, for you it was tough. And in your particular case, too, you were already unemployed. So Uh that's a lot of free time to think about this process. So, you know, did you treat yourself? Did you give yourself a break somewhere in between? What did you do to lift your own spirits? And that's another really good question because, you know, my job was eliminated at the end of January. So it's a pandemic and it was pretty bad then, you know, everything was pretty shut down. I also had just recently pivoted my career. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have much experience in this world. I was, I pivoted to a nonprofit world and that's where I wanted to be. And I just, you know, recently accepted that. Additionally, I am a woman of a certain age, which as we all know, you know, ageism is alive and well. So Mm -hmm. I was really nervous at first. So, and as I mentioned, this is the first time that it happened to me. So I felt pretty rudderless. Like I didn't know where I was going. And uh, as you know, you know, searching for a job can be, you know, soul depleting and self lacerating. And I knew all of this going in. So one of the things that I did every single day was something fun for myself. You know what I mean? Whether whatever that version of fun was, I did made sure to do something every day. I also kept a routine, which I think is so important. Like I got up early, I worked out, I ate right. You know what I mean? I had a normal day versus sleeping a little later, you know, starting the process at 11. I tried to keep a very consistent routine and then I think the other thing, which was probably the most helpful of all, is I tried to surround myself either with Zoom calls or with outdoor walks with my friends who were uplifting to me. They were the ones who, you know, really made me feel good about myself and gave me that confidence on the days when I just didn't want to do it, you know, because and there are those days. There are definitely those days. So you really need people out there to up level you so you can go back to that computer and just keep going until you find the right job. Well, and it's so helpful that you did that because I think for some people it's hard. You know, the more yeah. the time goes on, the more discouraged they get. And then sometimes, not every, not everyone, but some people pull back. They do mm-hmm. the opposite of what you did. They don't want to talk to people because they don't want to deal with it anymore. But sometimes you just have to push yourself out there to stay in touch with people and to talk about other things, which was really mm-hmm. hard during the pandemic because we couldn't really go out mm-hmm. and do things like had this happened in 2018. It would have been a whole different experience for you. Very true. Very true. But we're, I'm lucky. I live in California. The weather is nice and you could always go for a walk. Yeah. which is great because you could walk with a friend, you could socially distance on that walk, you could be outside, get with nature, get some exercise, and also have that really important dialogue to cheer you up. And it wasn't dialogue necessarily about my job search. It was just dialogue about life in general. And that was kind of what my soul needed to just keep going. Yeah, you needed a distraction every once in a while. Exactly. And uh, even if you can't get out because some folks have bad weather, we are very lucky in California. I'm so glad you said that. But, you know, having a little distraction by hopping on the couch and tuning into Netflix and binging Mm -hmm. your favorite show is Mm -hmm. also a okay. Did you have a favorite show that you picked up with uh, while you were searching? Oh, my gosh. There were so many good shows out during the (laughs) pandemic. I could go. I could list on and on and on, but I got a big kick out of Cobra Kai. It just made me laugh and it was sweet and fun. So very 80s. And then I watched a couple of other things like um, The Money Heist, which is a Spanish series, which was outstanding. So there there were several things I binged, of course. Oh, that's good. Well, that's good. Um, Let's talk before we wrap up, though, about references, Mm -hmm. too, because one Mm -hmm. of the things 
that I like to remind people is as they start their search, one of the first things they should do is line up their references. You know, see who's available. Make sure people are aware that you've lost a job or that you're looking. That way they're not caught off guard and sort of get them ready. Um, Tell us how you had your references ready to go and what ended up happening with them. Well, I had six references that I had, and I tried really hard to make sure they were a, a wide range, but to have two of two of my references be people that I reported directly into. Yeah. So they knew how I was as an employee. And then some people that I collaborated with that were on the same level as, as me. And then someone who worked under me. So they kind of got the gamut. Yeah. So the references were important. And along that same line about lining them up, I did, I did a little something. And are you okay if I talk a little bit about my networking and how I kept everyone in the loop? including my references of where I am. Absolutely, because I loved your networking. Go for it. Yes, you were part of my networking. So yes, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So what I did was, um, as I mentioned, I lost my job at the end of January. So right at the beginning of February, I sent out a massive email blast, blind copied everybody, um, all the people in my contact list that I thought would be a good person to receive this. And I called it no shame in my game. And I let everyone know, this is what happened. I lost my job. Here is my resume. Here is what I'm looking for. So that's the ball rolling immediately. I mean, immediately I had people reach out from that. And then going on, uh, it happened to be right about the time when President Biden came into office. So 100 days later, he was having his first 100 days. I was having my first 100 days of being unemployed. So I sent another email out like, my first 100 days what has gone on since then, you know, and, and let, kept everyone in the loop and simultaneously let them know I was still searching, yes. which is important, you know, loved, so they would be. No, oh, I, just wanted, I just wanted to hop in and say, I loved that one, Molly. I got that oh. 100 days email and I thought it was clever. I thought it was polite. I thought it was a nice reminder. So that way you were top of mind for people. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do without being too much in their face about it. And all of my references, my six references, were, you know, some of the recipients in that email as well. And then finally, I think it's really important, you know, you thank everyone and let them know how much you appreciate it. I actually sent a couple little gifts to people that recommended me to a job or whatnot. And then finally, at the end, I let everyone know, you know, I think it was called something like, uh, it's a good day that I would be accepting a job, et cetera, et cetera. So, all of that was invaluable to me to keeping my network and my references apprised to where I was within the job search. Yeah. So at the very end, when you got that offer, how many of your references actually got called? Zero. <laughs> you know, funny? but zero. I know. And I couldn't believe that when you and I talked earlier, but I think there's a connection here. And that's why I wanted to mention the references, because we are in a new world where Mm -hmm. companies have been relying on these tests for a long time, but now even more so to the fact that some of them aren't even calling those references. Yeah. I, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, Oh yeah. If for me personally, I would always call references and know that the place where I ended up working, I will say this, they had a pretty extensive interview process. So I met mm-hmm. a lot of people and maybe they just determined that, you know, we really don't need to call our references. We all get a pretty good idea of, you know, how Molly rolls in, yeah. in her job, you know, in her working skills. But one thing that I felt with all of these tests, with all of these, you know, interview questions, with the lack of any one-on-one human interaction is that it really has removed the, the, the human element out of 
human resources. I'm like, it was just all an algorithm, you know, and, and it's, it's hard. It makes a job search challenging. So um, networking is everything. Networking goes a long way. And, you know, from the HR perspective, look, I get it where they're from. They have dozens of open jobs. They are sorting through hundreds, in some cases, thousands of resumes. And I like to remind people that, you know, sometimes the recruiter's job is first to weed people out because it makes their life easier when they can say, okay, these people aren't a fit, aren't a fit. And so now these tests are helping the recruiters weed people out. That way they have a smaller group that they actually have to call through then in person. So it's just kind of the reality, I think, of where the, the business is headed. Yes, yes, I think you're, you're right on that. I, I really didn't work with any recruiters. This was just me going directly to companies, you know, so, but I, I can see exactly what you're saying. And that's the way we're going. Yeah. Well, look, you did all the right things, Molly. You were politely persistent. You reached out for help and you showed a lot of gratitude. And that really shines through. You know, you were just reminding people where you were, which was a very subtle way of connecting and not always asking for help. But you just said, hey, here's where I am. We knew you were still unemployed and you were just top of mind that way. So I just think the way you did it um, was really polished and professional and it worked. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It, it's good to hear. And um, I know from this process, I'm going to always make sure to help anyone that I know who is in the same predicament that I was, because that's what it takes is, you know, help from others. Oh, absolutely. So speaking of which, before we hang up, what words of wisdom would you leave with other people who are searching, especially for those folks who are pulling their hair out, having to go online to fill out all these tests? Uh, well, as we discussed, I think the first thing that I would recommend is to make sure you have really honed your search. Yeah. Like, are you applying for jobs that you really want? Or are you just applying for a job that because you need to apply for a job and you need to get a job? Because I think that that was so important in my process. Um, the next thing that I would recommend is keep a regular routine, exercise, yeah. eat right. It helps. I know it sounds really you know, pedantic to say that, but it's true. And it, mm -hmm. it was very helpful for me. And then third is surround yourself when you see your friends and family members, surround yourself with people that will make you feel good about yourself because that is everything when you are in front of people trying to put your best self forward is you want to feel like you walk in the room and like, I got this. So you need that as well. You know, and that's a good reminder to be sometimes selective about who you're staying in touch with, because we all have very well-meaning friends, siblings, family members who want to help you, but they might say that one thing that sends you back. Like, you know, you don't need to be reminded that you didn't go to law school or you don't need to be reminded that you moved away from family. Wouldn't it be easier if you were down the block? That's not what I need right now. I'm so glad you said that because that is exactly what I meant. There were certain people that I avoided like the plague during this process because I knew my ego couldn't take it. It was fragile. So I'm like, I'm just going to stay away from that person. So, But that's such great self-awareness on your part and, and awareness of, of our relationships. It doesn't mean those people have to go away entirely. It's right. just that right now you're, you're going to focus on these other folks. Exactly. And that's very important for your listeners. So good, good point. Oh, good for you, Molly. Well, thanks again for sharing your story, because I know it's going to help a lot of other people out there helping them stay positive, get through this next wave of the pandemic, whatever that might be. Um, and so other folks can help get themselves in the same situation that you're in with a brand new job. 
You are so welcome. Thank you for having me and good luck out there if you are searching for a job. So I know you've got this. Oh, that's great words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Molly. Take care. Thank you. Okay, now it's your turn. We want to hear from you. Let us know what career questions you need help with. Send us an email to info at jobtalkweekly.com or leave us a review and mention the topics you'd like to hear. To learn more about our services or read articles with more career advice, visit our website, jobtalkweekly.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.